Good morning, good evening, or afternoon. Depends what time you are currently listening to this episode. I'm Davi Bello, and today we have a special guest whose name I probably mispronounce. I know I probably should have asked you before, but Michelle Guaitoli. It's okay, it's almost there, almost there. It's Michele, like if I had a K, because uh, Michelle is like a feminine name, while Michele is the male version here. And Guaitoli is almost perfect, so well done. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank um, you for inviting me. As I told you, it's a huge pleasure for me to be here. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> well, talking about the names and, you know, people get my wrong wrong quite often here in the UK because it's an Estonian name. Well, they don't really get my first name wrong, really, because it's really easy to pronounce. But surprisingly, when it comes to the last name, there is a 90% of chance they get it wrong. Yeah, and I understand. I can understand why, actually. Yeah, well, I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind that. And at this point, I think when people are pronouncing it wrong, I'm like, you know what? It's it's fine. You know, just go with it. But anyways, when I when I read the double E, considering that you have a double A in the name, I would say Pelo. I don't know if this is right. That's that's exactly. Yeah, that's correct. But yeah. but, people, I, but I understand that yeah with the English language it's easier to say like e when there is a double e or yeah it doesn't yeah. work for double a but yeah I understand it <laughs> yeah that that's that's how they get it wrong but anyway you are the lead singer of Temperance uh, who just recently released uh, EP Melodies of Green and Blue correct <laughs> and well I I absolutely love that name by the way. And we definitely talk about that a little bit later on. And you are also the lead singer of Visions of Atlantis and Era, or should I say one of the lead singers? Yeah, exactly. In all of the three bands, actually, I'm one of the lead singers. And this is quite awesome to me because it's nice to always share new experiences. I mean, it would be different to be like the main singer, the lead singer of the, and the only singer of three projects because I think that that would be that would make wouldn't make any sense you know because it would be like pretty much the same singer offering the same voice in different projects it's way more interesting to have counterparts in my opinion at least and this is kind of funny it is what makes everything more fun are there any other bands I'm not aware of or that you're no, involved in? Not anymore, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, and honestly, three is already quite a burden to carry when it comes to the schedule. Back in the days in which you could schedule tours, you know, before the pandemic and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, seri seriously, it's it's kind of hard to make everything uh, live together when it comes to planning. And it often happened that, for example, a substitute. Uh, went on the road with Temperance because I was on the road with Visions of Atlantis. So it's not easy to uh, manage everything, but yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't stand a, a fourth band or something else. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you can give me the answer to this question. Uh, I think, well, it's kind of unfair in my opinion, but which band would you consider to be your baby, your main project? <laughs> um, well, for sure, it, when it comes to ERA, uh, I don't feel like I'm a member of the band, honestly. Um, but that's because I'm not writing any songs, of course, since the project is alive since the 90s. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I've been asked to join uh, the crew 
for for the live experience tour that is going to be uh, I mean there should be a tour scheduled for the December 2021 we toured in uh, uh, December 2019 so hopefully this will happen or if not this year the next one uh, but things are moving on anyways there in, in era I don't feel like I'm a member of the band but as part of the crew, honestly. So this is definitely not my my baby. When it comes to temperance and visions of Atlantis, well, this would be like choosing between two child, uh, you know, two childs, and it's kind of impossible for me to answer. Um, I can tell you that uh, for for reasons for marketing reasons, I gave I give priority to visions of Atlantis. Uh, because they are a bigger band and that's a statement and it's objective it's not like i'm unfair to temperance by saying that visions of atlantis are bigger because of the history of the band because of the sales because of the marketing results of the band so of course when it comes to choosing between temperance and visions of atlantis i have to choose for visions of atlantis for uh, marketing reasons and also because in there, there are only there is only one male singer and one female singer. Uh, when it comes to temperance, even if I'm not there, Marco can you know uh, take my parts and substitute me somehow, even if the offer is not the same. But yeah, it's better if this doesn't happen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did notice something remarkable that I haven't noticed before. Well, and I say this before because obviously I've been listening to Visions of Atlantis and Temperance beforehand years ago and some of those songs are already in my playlists and what I noticed which I think is absolutely amazing the views you have on some songs are over a million or at least very close to the million well there are uh, the last hope in the world of hopes with Temperance is over 4 million right now. Of Jupiter Moons, it should be like 1,700,000 or something like this. Um, Visions of Atlantis, they we have uh, a couple of songs. I, I'm saying they because the actual songs that are over 1 million are really old right now. Uh, but the new ones are reaching it. So, yeah, I've got quite a big collection right now of views. <laughs> I mean, it's always good to have views on YouTube, but what does it actually mean to you as a musician? Do you think views on YouTube can help the band in some way to achieve even more, or is it just something cool to have? Yeah, well, in the world of today, this is an important number. Um, it's an important number in terms of uh, you know relationships with brands, for example. That is something that is often underestimated, but the more views you collect and the more streams you collect, uh, the more the relationships with brands, like I'm talking about microphone brands or uh, guitar brands and everything else is important because basically I'm, I might, yeah, let's say it, and <laughs> I will see your reaction, but I believe that YouTube is the new MTV right now. Uh, the difference is that MTV offered videos you couldn't choose in, on YouTube, you can actually choose the videos but it's the new platform where you actually watch musical videos. Uh, 20 years ago, we all used to, uh, to watch MTV to discover new bands and see new videos. Right now, this has moved uh, and it's moved to MTV. Uh, sorry, to, to YouTube that basically takes the role of, of MTV. So there is a huge importance when it comes you know, to all the marketing aspects. When it comes to you know the economical side, I guess it's common knowledge that YouTube and Spotify don't bring the band that many um, that many payments actually. So 
this doesn't really matters, I would say. It's in, uh, not relevant uh, with these amounts of views. Probably those who get billion views, they might get some more, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, to be fair, like, and that's no disrespect to anyone. Like, so many, let's say, YouTubers are into this clickbait thing when they, they are trying to get views from false title information. But, but the good thing with music is that it's not possible to do it. You get what you see on the title. But I, I guess you really, if you really want, you could do it. But I've never seen it myself. And I'm sure musicians would never do it to trick the audience. It, it would just make them look bad, in my opinion. Yeah, and it would make no sense. Uh, yeah. Because it would, yeah, it would create even issues, in my opinion. Because how can you search for a song if the title is not a title of the song? You know, uh, it would be yeah. tricky even to suggest uh, a song to a friend or something. Yeah, but as you already kind of mentioned, uh, it's not easy to be part of multiple bands. What's, how difficult it actually is? How do you manage your time to be part of several bands? Well, the biggest issue uh, happens when there are offers that are given to the bands, because otherwise, you know, being part of the free project also means that I can actually tell them, you know, I'm scheduling this on December, I'm scheduling this on February. So actually, when there is collaboration, and there is collaboration between the bands, because of course, I didn't join them without telling each other, you know, I'm going into this band. I've always been fair to my, <laughs> to my colleagues. And yeah. when I joined Visions of Atlantis, I asked temperance, guys, are you okay with this? Because I see this as a huge uh, chance for my for my professional career and actually temperance were super excited of me joining region of atlantis because there is you know a counter uh, feedback coming from you know the entrance of a member in a, in a different project when the project is actually professional anyways and the same happened with era and so on um but when you have you know the planning under under your eyes and, and you can actually define things it's easy to set one tour on December and the other one in February because in December Michele is uh, actually busy with this or this other project. But sometimes it happens that an offer comes from you know uh, somewhere else, like Vaken asking you to join the, the festival, or uh, this happens for example, for example, um, Dragonforce asking Visions of Atlantis to join them in the USA whilst the tour with Taria and Temperance was already on, was already set. And in that case, of course, you have to make a choice uh, and see if you can fix it somehow with the other band, as we did. <laughs> there is always a solution, you know, when there is collaboration, there is always a solution and there is no struggle. Uh, but everyone needs to be open-minded and open to understand that it might happen that the singer could not be there. But I believe also that in 2021, the substitution of one member is not anymore uh, a taboo. Back in the days, you know, you saw, you could see bands with, uh, you know, a substitute and everyone was shocked because these or this other member was not uh, on the road with them. Right now, this has become uh, like standard. It happens often with all the bands. Even uh, Metallica had their drummer substituted with a Slipknot drummer uh, substituting Lars Ulrich. So yeah, it's not that taboo anymore. It, basically, it's just a matter of communication, really. Correct. And 
understanding each other, just being considerate. Absolutely, correct. The other thing I wondered, and especially listening to Jeff Scott Soto songs, I'm sure you know who he is. Of course. And he's part of so many bands. It's literally like you find a new band to listen, and then suddenly you hear him singing again. <laughs> yeah, true. I think it's awesome. Huge respect to him. But has there been a moment when you find yourself mixing up two different bands? Like, for an example, you need to put a set list together for a temperance, and then you realize, oh, snap, but this song is from Visions of Atlantis. <laughs> no, this never happened to me. Um, let's say that I'm a really organized person. I really have, uh, you know, everything under my eyes. I, I am one of those people who uh, are addicted to calendars and to things written down. And this has shaped my mind, I guess, uh, because when, I, when it comes to bands, in my mind, there are like uh, two different rooms, one for visions, one for temperance. And when the era thing jumps in, everything is erased. So I focus only on era and there are no memories of other bands suddenly. Uh, when I get back to Visions of Atlantis, the room of Visions of Atlantis uh, open its doors and I'm entering this room and there is no temperance and no era. And I work like this, probably I, it might sound it might sound too logic or like I'm a robot, but this is how I work. <laughs> so you can rely on me on this side, that's for sure. <laughs> but would you see yourself joining more bands though in future? And make it, I don't know, maybe five or six for an example, or would it be too crazy? No, I mean, when it comes to respecting live duties, this already is on the edge, in my opinion. Uh, I love live singing. I'm so longing to get back to live music because believe me it's like it's like i'm living half of my life right now it's like part of me is is completely blocked and i miss the stage i mean it's my fuel is the fuel for my personal engine so it's really 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 uh, sad to me right now not being on stages uh, but uh, i will never take another duty i mean when it comes to participate to some show if for example, I will be asked to join, I don't know, a metal show in which more singers are invited. Well, that's for sure. I will never, I will never say no. But when it comes to uh, getting another commitment with, you know, uh, some some duties to be respected, I've never ever had another one right now. Not even if it's Nightwish, probably. What would you say is the main difference between the Temperance uh, Visions of Atlantis? And era, well, era is completely different. I think it's, I think it's clear. But yeah, when it comes to the music point of view, mm -mm. well, it's new age music with you know rock uh, influences and pop influences and classic influences. So this has totally nothing to do with the metal world, in my opinion. Even though probably a metalhead would appreciate the the show in general because it's epic. It's you know uh, there are medieval aspects that can make connections with the epic metal world in general, but it's not metal. I, I, I'm not lying here. It, that is not heavy metal. And yeah, it's completely different to what I do with the other bands. When it comes to Visions of Atlantis and Temperance, well, in my opinion, there is a huge difference because Visions of Atlantis are truly are a symphonic metal band. Like with all the standards of the, of the genre, but 
with their own personality, of course. Um, Visions of Atlantis is one of the few bands that actually have one lead male vocalist and one lead female vocalist, both with clean voices, because it often happens to have like the growler and the classical singer, uh, the classical female singer. But when it comes to having two male and females clean vocalists, this is something that only belongs to Visions of Atlantis. But apart from this, we are a symphonic metal band with deep orchestra parts, with uh, not so many guitar solos and not so many riffing because the orchestra is the core element of the band. When it comes to temperance, everything is way more, I would say, uh, young. Probably this is the right word uh, to describe temperance's music. It's, it's fresh, it's young. Uh, you have electronics sometimes, you have symphonic elements sometimes. Uh, but most of the times you can find yourself uh, listening to different songs of temperance and it might not even sound like it's the same band performing because you could have like super big song with majestic and bombastic elements with, you know, bagpipes or, uh, I don't know, strings, violins, solo violins. And in the following track, you could hear, you know, synth synthesizers or, uh, you know, electronics, uh, electronic sounds and no orchestra all of a sudden. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really see any similarities between the two bands, apart that both are melodic metal bands. And this is, of course, something that can be said from, I don't know, 50% of the metal scene right now, probably. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the first song I heard from Visions of Atlantis, and it was actually the song that brought me into this journey. And ironically, the song name I listened first was A Journey to Remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's just such a brilliant song. And well, what's the song about? Well, uh, the entire album uh, is called Wanderers. And it's an album in which we want to take the, the listener to a journey, uh, indeed, um, in, in the research of yourself, actually. It's a, it's a personal research, you know. Some, we feel like the world of today is somehow influencing you. You know, the role of influencers, the role of uh, the internet, social networks and everything somehow influences the way we live. And we, have, we believe we have lost the... Uh, the capacity, the, the ability of research ourselves, of doing a personal research and discover what we want, because everyone tells you what you want, what you should want. You know, you have this influence there does certain things and it feels somehow correct to follow him or her because it's an influencer. Um, and the same happens, you know, pretty much everywhere. If you, if you remember, do, do you know the song I Want Out from Halloween? I don't think I've heard it before, but I, I, I think it's I know the name. I think I know the name. Yeah, it's a super, super peculiar song from the 80s in which uh, the lyrics went like, uh, people tells you A and B tells you what you have to think. It was like this kind of, of rhyme. And I believe that if in the 80s, this was uh, something that happened uh, at school, you know, with teachers telling you what to do or politician telling you what to do, Right now, this has moved to the internet world and everyone is still telling you what to do. So we want people to get out of this and to start thinking with their own brains and to start their own journey. That should be a journey to remember uh, because it will mark your life. It will tell you uh, 
it will help you to find what you want without listening to others telling you what you should want. And the entire album Wanderers is about wandering in this world and you know searching for yourself, basically. But it's like the music uh, in today's world, especially rock music, power metal, hard rock, uh, that kind of genre. And it's when you go to the supermarkets or stores, you could only hear this R&B, house music, pop music, but it's never really a rock music. So it's kind of like a media is trying to tell you what kind of music you should listen. And this is, you are incredibly updated with something that just happened here in Italy. Because yesterday we had the um, final final uh, evening, uh, the final show of the Eurovision Song uh, Contest, uh, the Italian selections, of course. You know, there is this contest, this uh, European contest in which you choose the best Italian act to be offered to the Eurovision Song Contest that will take place in Rotterdam in 2021, I, I believe in May or June or something like this. Yeah. And throughout the years, uh, the only Italian acts that uh, reached the, the, the Eurovision Song Contest were pop artists or R&B artists or, you know, uh, electronic artists or anyways, you know, pop music in general. And yesterday for the first time ever, a rock band won. Oh really? And, yeah, that's crazy. That's yesterday. It, it happened like this tonight at 3 a.m. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and well, this is a huge success for rock music here in Italy, actually. I mean, of course, it's a somehow popish rock music, but still it's rock. They are they are a band. They are a band with a real guitar, a real bass, a real drum. They are playing riffs, uh, and and the song is like recalling the, the uh, 70s rock and this is a huge success here in Italy, believe me for rockers of course <laughs> but that's what i always look for eurovision i want to hear rock music and well it's funny you said it because estonia actually chose their song yesterday as well oh and, and was it a rock song or not it was not, not really. a rock song no it was <laughs> it was a pop song it cannot be any more popish than it was okay <laughs> So I should be proud of my country. Oh, absolutely. Because we will, we will, we will give you a rock, an Italian rock song. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. I'm, I'm actually happy, even though, I mean, this band has, you know, their issues and there are a lot of rumors, but still it's a rock band. So <laughs> I'm happy. Have, have you heard the Finnish uh, Eurovision song yet? No, no, not yet. Not yet. They, I mean, they, <laughs> you might have some competition there. Who <laughs> Uh, the Blind Channel, it's a rock band. Okay, cool. Fantastic. So, what? so there will be quite a few rock songs in Eurovision. But if I'm right, uh, Finland had Lordi uh, winning a couple of years ago. So it's not the first time that the rock yeah. band wins in, in northern countries. But you know, Germany and in general Scandinavia, they are always more open to uh, you know rock metal music. And I, I believe that the culture there it's way more open-minded in regards of the uh, musical styles in general yeah you could definitely see that even when it comes to the you know eurovision and how finland chose their song the point gap was massive the second place i if i'm i might be completely wrong but the second place had like 200 points 
and the first place, the Blind Channel, had over 500. Oh, well, so that's a lot. That's massive. Are you a Eurovision fan in overall? Well, I, I tend to follow it because, you know, I'm, I'm basically I'm a worker in the music business world because I, I run my studio here in Italy. I produce bands and not only in the, in the metal scene, I produce also Italian bands or Italian acts, let's say acts rather than bands, because sometimes, you know, they are singers and not bands. Uh, so it's part of my job to uh, be updated with what happens in the musical world surrounding me. Uh, so yeah, I always follow the Eurovisions and I I always tend to follow, you know, even talent shows and stuff like this because it's part of my job to be updated. Uh, and I, I I don't, you know, I don't feel awkward in saying it, even if it's not really metal, you know, because you have the image of a metalhead that is all, only, uh, you know, uh, following his style and his genre and everything else is like, you know, Satan, <laughs> you have to reject it. Well, in my case, it's totally different because I'm a musical uh, musical worker uh, in th on 360 degrees all around. So I have to follow things because somehow uh, it might happen that someone enters my studio and asks me for a production and I must know what he is talking about or she is talking about, of course. For me, it's kind of like, I do enjoy watching Eurovision. I watch it every year, but it, even though I don't like most of the songs, but I like the show and it's kind of like a family tradition. I remember when I was younger, you know, it's just me, my family sitting on the sofa, watching TV, watching Eurovision. So it kind of brings back memories from me. That's nice. That's really nice. Well, that's one of the powers of music, actually, you know, to take you back to moments. It often happens that one song brings you back to, takes you back to, I don't know, some specific moment, for example, <laughs> I will tell you this, this is a funny story. Um, there is a song from Avril Lavigne that is called uh, I'm With You. Uh, that always takes me back to a, a, a young girl that rejected me when I was 14. So every time I listen to this song, <laughs> the image of this, of this girl who rejected me comes up to my mind. <laughs> and, uh... But this is the power of music. You know, it yeah. can be something good. Or uh, when I hear "Take My Breath Away," you know the song from uh, from uh, Top Gun, the the soundtrack from Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, it always comes. I always go get back to uh, a specific moment of my life in which I was listening to music with my father. Uh, we had this hi-fi stereo uh, in the living room, and sometimes he asked he asked me if I wanted to listen to some music with him. And the first track that he always put on uh, was a vinyl of Take My Breath Away. So, you know, there are things that are connected in music, you know, memories and songs. And this is awesome. Yeah, well, it's a great song, Take Your Breath Away. I really love that song. And uh, Top Gun, it's one of my favorite movies. See? <laughs> <Is it? laughs> well, let's hope the Eurovision actually happens this year. It should happen. I mean, if they made it, if they made the selection here in Italy, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't happen uh, in in Rotterdam. You know, the main uh, the main event. And I believe that I mean, if they uh, avoid uh, public, uh, you know, the crowd, uh, there should be no no problem. I mean, the, the main uh, the core activity there is to make people listen to the songs. So even if you don't have an audience, I think it's okay. Are you already planning ahead when it 
you know, when everything goes back to normal, I guess, uh, are you planning live shows? Are you planning tours? Or is, or is, or is everything on completely hold? You're not thinking no, ahead. No, no. Not, nothing is on hold. We are scheduling and rescheduling stuff right now, you know, because you can't stop. If you stop, you lose everything. Uh, and the band needs to uh, keep on hoping uh, and the fans needs to keep on hoping. And you have to be ready for that moment in which things will restart because sooner or later it will happen. I hope it will be fall 2021, but probably it won't. Uh, and it will be like the beginning of 2022, uh, more realistically speaking, of course, even if my hope is for, you know, the vaccine to spread and to, and to reach enough people within the end of this summer. But you don't live on dreams, you don't dream on reality, you live on reality. Yeah. And realistically speaking, 2022 is way, is way more possible to see things restarting. But in the meantime, we have a tour planned uh, with Temperance in October 2021, a tour planned with Visions in, um, in uh, September 2021, and a tour planned with ERA in December 2021. Uh, again, I hope they will happen, but realistically speaking, I don't think so. And they will probably be moved for uh, move to 2022. But in the meantime, they are there. So we are planning. And if things will once again have to be uh, moved, we will move them and we will reschedule them. But we, you can't, you just can't stop. Otherwise, yeah, you all, you don't only lose uh, the schedule, you also lose hope. And no one wants to lose hope right now. That, that's true. Unfortunately, this is the life we all live at the moment in hope, yeah. really. Yeah. And, you know, during this pandemic, which, by the way, really frustrates me at this point. And I know I'm not the only one, but I just wonder, like in 80 years or so, what people are actually talking about this pandemic, because it's a big deal. It definitely goes into history books. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that we will read about it like we are like we've been reading about, you know, the uh, what's the English word for this? You know, the black disease uh, in in the in, in 1912 yeah. uh, and in the 20s, uh, the plague, plague. Yes, I can kind of imagine like school kids, you know, laughing at the pictures where we are all wearing masks in shops and keeping distance, especially considering that people are getting really creative when it comes to the masks. I've seen quite a few funny ones. Yeah, like, <laughs> tell me something, because <laughs> I've seen I've seen something too, but I want to hear which kind of mask you've seen. Right, there's one like 3D kind of masks about someone else's face, like mouth wide open, so you could see <laughs> all the teeth. It's about like nice. completely wide open, like the mouth goes right on the edge of your jaw to the nose, <laughs> cool. and it's 3D, so on the distance it looks like real, real thing. <laughs> Then you get closer, you realize. Have you seen? Have you seen? You know, people with balloons on their heads instead of masks or bubbles. You know, these big bubbles. I've seen pictures, not in real life. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it in real life too, actually. And some of the masks, like I've seen, I guess they are like metal heads or so. Like they're wearing masks with kind of like spikes sticking out. Oh, well, <laughs> it, it it kind of actually looks good. Right. kind of extreme it sounds extreme it definitely is extreme well i've asked this question before on the show uh, but what's your opinion on live streams 
you know, during this during this pandemic, few bands have been doing it, and some of them have been really creative with the camera angles and stuff like that. Have you been thinking during live shows using well, with, live streams? With Temperance, with Temperance, we already did one um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had like the release party of the uh, acoustic EP, and it was me, Marco, and Alessia only. Uh, I was playing piano and guitars. Marco was playing uh, guitars, and we were all singing, of course. And we had this, you know, Apple style, uh, you know, Apple uh, white, uh, uh, completely shiny white background in a limbo uh, with yeah. me, Alessia and Marco singing there. So we had this live streaming show. And in general, well, if it's if it happens once every one or three or four months, I kind of, uh, I'm pro, I, I agree on, on, on them, I'm positive. Uh, in regards of, of going live on a streaming, also because uh, you shouldn't underestimate uh, estimate, underestimate the fact that if you go live on streaming, you can actually reach countries in which you have never performed before. Like some people connected from India to watch Temperance, and it's almost impossible for Temperance to play there, not only right now, but even in standard and regular conditions or people connected from Canada, and it's quite impossible right now for temperance to reach Canada. Uh, so it's, there are positive uh, things in, in doing a live streaming and you know offering it online for everyone in this world to, to reach it. Um, if it becomes you know, the standard, then I'm not really happy with it because I believe that live music, real live music, the live vibration that you can feel on your body uh, doing a live show together with the warmth of other people and the human connection that you have with other people in the same room together with you listening to the same music and feeling the same emotions this is completely not replaceable by anything on a screen no matter how the screen is good and no matter how the sound is good and no matter how the cameras are good in capturing um, the audio and video that's not replaceable but right now, or even in regular and standard conditions, offering a live streaming here and there, it's not that bad, in my opinion, for any bands, just because you can reach people all around the world. I think you kind of answered to this one, but would you do live streams after when the life goes back to normal? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is what I said. Uh, I would uh, once. You know, every once in a while, not not that no. often, because otherwise it would be an abuse. You know, yeah. because of course it's easier for many reasons to set up a live streaming show, even though you have like uh, you know technicians to pay and and more expenses in terms of organization. It's easier because you can do it whenever you want, wherever you want, and in the way you want. You just need to set a show date. And say, okay, let's do this show on that date. You don't need an audience. You don't need, you know, that many um, uh, organizing uh, things like, you know, uh, the ticket sales and everything else. You don't even need a booking agent, agent to set up a live streaming show. So it's easier to set it up on the band side, and the earnings surely are bigger especially if you are a big band, just because you can have people connected from all around the world. So the potential listeners are way more than the ones 
that you that the one you will get from a, a single show. But I wouldn't I would never abuse uh, about this technology. Otherwise, you would make lose importance to real life music. And to be fair, live shows are getting bigger as well in terms of technology. And musicians are able to do more things on a stage using actually technology. Yeah, you know, have you seen the Rammstein live shows? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. a big fan of Rammstein actually. Oh, I've seen them like six or seven times. Have you seen the live show from Paris? Yep, sure. When that big <laughs> explosion happened. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing. crazy amazing and but, i mean they they've always been one step ahead of, of everyone uh when it comes to the show uh, when it comes to talking about you know the stage performance and everything because they've always done crazy things since back in the days with just the uh you know the fire games and they evolved they kept on evolving year after year and that's unbelievable <laughs> have you guys used uh, pyro before on live shows only with Visions of Atlantis, uh, during the DVD recordings, only for that show, uh, we had pyros in uh, three or four songs. And actually, <laughs> it was like a strange, a weird experience on stage because it gets really, really, really hot. It's, whoa, it's unbelievable. And it dries <laughs> your throat. That's the, the thing that I didn't, I couldn't see it coming, you know. But yeah. if you are singing and you have pyro, uh, you know, burning on stage, your throat really becomes uh, dry. And yeah, that's not good for a singer, of course. <laughs> Coming back to your latest uh, album, Melodies of Green and Blue, who came up with the name? Uh, actually, I did. I did. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, Viridian, the previous uh, full album of, uh, of Temperance, uh, it's a color it's a, a, a mixer between green and blue. Uh, so it's not like uh, that I came up out of nothing with this idea, but since the EP is an evolution, an acoustic evolution of, or involution, uh, depending on how you, you see, you know, the stripping off of the tracks and uh, putting them acoustic. Um, so since the, there is a direct connection between Viridian and uh, Melodies of Green and Blue, I wanted the title to be in line with it. Uh, like to play with the game, play the, with the name of, of Viridian itself. And I thought that green and blue, like the separation of the two colors that gives the, uh, the shape to the shade to Viridian was a, a nice word game. And this is why the album is called Melodies of Green and Blue. So it was actually planned. I, I was about to say, like, if that wasn't planned like that, it should have been it's absolutely genius it's kind of like gives you this vibe you have taken yeah as you said parts of melody parts of uh like, yeah exactly and melodies from Viridium album and just made it into the new one and that's kind of where it comes green and blue i think it's absolutely genius yeah that's that's exactly how, how it went uh, i mean the entire ep was not planned that's something that has to be to be said uh, because we didn't expect it to release an, an album or an EP in this case that early after after the, the release of Viridian. But with the pandemic and everything, we found ourselves without touring, without any without anything to do live. 
so we've been preparing the new album, of course, that is actually uh, under 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 construction, <laughs> I would say. Um, but uh, we couldn't stay one year with with nothing to do. It would it would have been like it would have been critical for the band and for us as musicians. And this is the reason why we wanted to do something, and we thought that an acoustic EP was a good idea. And actually, people really loved it, so we are happy and satisfied with the feedback. Um, and yeah, of course, after <laughs> after Viridian, we had to connect it somehow to the album itself, because Viridian was a completely unlucky album due, due to the pandemic, because exactly when we should have promoted it, everything happened. And somehow we couldn't really give it a proper promotion. I mean, it can't be easy to transform songs into acoustic just like that. What would you say was the most challenging part? Well, uh, honestly, um, you have to know that uh, when, a when a song from Temperance uh, is born, uh, we start in acoustic. Uh, generally, Marco sends, you know, uh, his songs with the with the acoustic guitar, with him singing on the the acoustic guitar while playing it. Or if I offer a song to Temperance, if I give a song to Temperance, um, it happens with me on the piano because this is my main instrument. So the core elements of Temperance are acoustic. So for us, it wasn't that that hard because all our songs are born that way. And then we make them electric. Uh, so it was like going back to roots, uh, going back to you know this newborn uh, feeling of the tracks. And it only it, it was only a matter of arranging them in a different way rather than what we did in the electric version. But all of our songs, like 100% of them, they uh, they start from an acoustic version that we afterwards evolve in, uh, in into electric. So it kind of came naturally for you guys yeah yeah absolutely 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 what what was weird <laughs> the only thing that we couldn't expect uh was not having our drummer during the recordings because alfonso was blocked due to the uh, of course the pandemic thing because traveling was uh, was completely traveling by plane was completely forbidden back in the days and alfonso couldn't reach us so he recorded his parts, some of his parts in uh, Naples, where he's uh, where he is from. But on the songs in which you hear the cajon, it's Marco and Luca playing them. <laughs> so <laughs> th this was hard. <laughs> this was hard. Do, do you believe every song has potential to be transformed into acoustic, or are there any genres or types of songs? It's just not possible. It's best to leave it alone. Uh, you mean in general or temperance-wise? Uh, in general, mean, for, for... in general. No, no, no. I don't. I don't believe that every song can be can be moved to an acoustic version. I mean, um, when you have like big melodies, when you have like a melodic voice, melodic vocal parts, uh, then it it can be done. But when it comes to songs with heavy riffings, you know, with complex. Uh, soloing guitar guitar solo parts or solistic uh, elements in even in the riffing i think of symphony x for example or prog metal in general then i don't really believe that it, it works and the same goes for extreme styles you know i mean it would be funny and nice to hear a slayer song in acoustic but i don't think it would work <laughs> <laughs> what about temperance well for for us it's different just because as i told you every song 
is born acoustic. So probably right now every song can find its acoustic form. Mm. But still, maybe it it, it it wouldn't work the same. Uh, I mean, it, it's not. I, I wouldn't take it for granted that it would be a good song. Was it easy to choose songs for this album? What was the process behind it? Any arguments or friendly disagreements? Like you want to have this song as an acoustic, but the other member of a band <laughs> wanted some other song. Okay, uh, this this didn't happen. Uh, and I can also tell you that we plan to have less tracks, uh, but since the process went quite smoothly, uh, everything was like smooth and easy uh, in terms of the recording process, we found ourselves with more time uh, in the studio uh, and we recorded an additional track that is My Demons Can't Sleep that was not planned to be there. Um, so we didn't have any struggle in choosing the tracks. Also because we excluded some tracks that are a bit heavier, uh, like Viridian, for example, the title track, or Mission Impossible, for example, that have like really heavy riffings. And just due to the reason that I told you before, we prefer not to try to experiment on that tracks because maybe, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't doubt we would have made it, but maybe they wouldn't have uh, been that good in general as, as, as tracks, maybe, maybe. I'm just, uh, you know, it's a supposition of mine. Um, when it comes to the process, uh, you know, having a studio on my own and, and being a sound engineer, um, this was, of course, not the first album that I found myself recording. And I have my ideas quite clear in my mind. And in temperance, one of the uh, best things that we have is trust. Uh, we we trust each other. So when it comes to, you know, uh, like uh, the marketing aspects, we trust Marco because he's the guy when it comes to, uh, you know, the music business world, because he has experience. He used to work in a uh, booking and management agency. So it's his world. When it comes to engineering, uh, they trust me because it's my world. Uh, when it comes to art and creativity, we trust Alessia because it's her work. Uh, so everything is really, really smooth and the same went with the recording process and the uh, overall creation of these of these, uh, Melodies of Green and Blue uh, EP. Um, and this is a huge, huge potential and huge uh, positive things that we have in this band. Because with trust, with that uh, trust to in each other, uh, basically, we are lucky. We really feel lucky because we see other bands in which this doesn't happen this way, and we see the struggles that they that they suffer. So, we really feel lucky. Yeah, but well, and you can definitely clearly see you guys have chemistry as well, and you just have fun on uh, on stage on music videos. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, it's friendship that drives temperance. Totally. Have you got any plans uh, to transform some of those acoustic songs into music video? Um, we did for a couple of them, but right now, you know, with the pandemic issue, everything is kind of difficult when it comes to gathering people and to, to record videos and everything. You have to gather not only the band, but also the technicians in a room or in an open space. And for now it's, yeah. You know, <laughs> not not easy at all because of the restrictions. 
And because, I mean, one thing is when you invite people at your place, you know, for having lunch, because dinner is forbidden right now, <laughs> uh, but you can actually do it. You, you take your precautions and you also take your own risks. But when it comes to do things officially, presenting things officially, you have to pass through so many bureaucracy that, you, you, I mean, it's better to wait, believe me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my whole life is an... It's on hold at the moment because I'm in a movie business and we were just supposed to uh, start filming of a feature film and and then pandemic happened and that was last year so since then I haven't been able to do anything so I just can't wait until everything goes back to normal mm-hmm. it's, it's funny we were talking about music videos and I just have to get it out there uh, when I listen to uh, I Am The Fire, the acoustic version of Goss, I thought to myself, it would be such a good idea to have a music video that takes place in a forest where you are all sitting yeah. on a wooden chairs around the campfire and just do your thing. And that's the spirit of the album, because we really wanted to have like campfire, uh, campfire tracks. I feel this is exactly what we, uh, the mood that we wanted to, to uh, you know, impress on the on the songs that we recorded we wanted it to be easy because otherwise i mean we could have chosen to go bombastic even in the acoustic version and have like big symphonies you know orchestras it would have been like a different version too of the of the of the songs but we really want to be intimate to have an intimate uh, environment and to give this uh, gentleness to the track to the tracks and this is the reason why the campfire is so perfect to describe uh, the the scenery in which this song should be played hello hello yep yeah okay okay yeah i think we lost connection for a moment (laughs) yeah yeah i guess so (laughs) i mean you know coming back to the you know the campfire um the music video i think it would be a really good idea to have a live stream uh, just present the whole album and around the campfire and do it a live stream. Well, uh, considering we just did the first one, maybe it would be like too early to do another one. As I told you, uh, you, you know, I have this idea of not abusing of it, but totally, probably it would be nice to have, I mean, a real show that would last not only 40 minutes, but maybe a hour or an hour and a half or something in which we perform even more songs from the previous album in, in the acoustic version. This would be nice. And I guess that, yeah, the campfire thing could be a, a, great, a great idea, actually. You know, with us throwing some wood uh, on the fire when needed to, you know, organic, organic. That, that would be really nice, actually. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it, it, why not? You might, you might have a career. <laughs> Right. Uh, before we end the show, um, I've got a little game kind of thing in mind. Uh, usually what I've been doing is teaching people here a little bit of Estonian language. You know, obviously oh, Estonia is okay, my first language. Okay. Uh, but it might be a good idea to mix things up a little bit. Uh, so I give you an option. Like I have two ideas. You know, first idea is, you know, I'm going to teach you some Estonian. Or the other option is I give you just 10 questions, two options, and you just choose which one you prefer and why. <laughs> okay. which, which one you prefer? Oh, 
Uh, seems to be some Estonian. I'm, 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 I'm actually curious now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, apparently, it's the one of the most difficult languages to learn. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but according to some websites, it's in a top three or so. Ooh, okay, okay. Now so, I'm focusing. <laughs> so, so no pressure. Right. I just need to think of something in Estonian. Um Kulake. Kulake. Meye. Meye. Kulake meye. Ut. Ut. Albumit. Albumit. Kulake meye ut albumit. Wow, that was really good, actually. Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, kulake uh, meye ut albumik. That's perfect. That's actually better Fantastic. than I expected. So basically, Fantastic. what that. <laughs> so basically, what that means is listen to. Oh, wait, our... wait, 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 wait. Okay, I got it. I, I, could, I, could, I could figure out. I mean, because albumit sounded like album, and yeah. and and I expected something like listen to our album or purchase our album or something. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> nice, fantastic. Kulake met ut albumik. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> I swear I didn't write it down. It's just memory. <laughs> a good memory. Well, you're a musician and you're in a multiple bands. You've got to have a good memory to remember all the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. And, and you know, dealing with foreign people is always a way to improve yourself. I This is a suggestion that I always give to everyone. If you have the chance to meet people from other countries, and you know to talk other languages and learn to improve in in of course english and other languages is absolutely uh something that i would i, I would suggest to everyone because it opens your mind and opens you know it gives you a, a completely different point of view on on the world itself before i entered visions of atlantis i i besides being a, a really bad english speaker i'm not the best one still but at least i can hold a conversation right now um, but I used to see the world in a completely different way. Then I met, you know, a French girl and uh, and Austrian people to the Austrian guys, of course, of Vision Atlantis. Um, and I shared, you know, stages and tour buses with them. And the experience is so different from, you know, uh, being on the road with someone from your country with whom you talk with, with your own language and with whom you share experiences from your own country. And this really changes your mind, in my opinion. I feel really lucky. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, it's mostly people whose first language is not English. They know more languages. But if you're an English-speaking person, you're kind of limited to one language. Well, because it's the most important one, of course. Yeah, so... <laughs> You expect other to others to learn your language rather than you to learn theirs, <laughs> or at least try. Yeah, yeah, but there are, there are quite a lot of people that still do it. I, I don't. Let's not be uh, like what's what's the the motto for this? You know, let's not generalize things. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's time to end end the show now. There's so many things I would love to talk to you about. I think you're such a cool guy, and but. We just, to, we just have to end the show because we almost hit the hour mark. So maybe yeah. next time. 
You never know. Whenever you want, I'm here. Uh, maybe next album, <laughs> so we can talk about the new one. <laughs> yep, there you go. Right, and on that on that bombshell, it's time to end the show and right into the sunset. Thank you, Michele. Did I pronounce it correctly? That's perfect now. Yep. That's perfect now. Thank and you for... thank you, Tavi. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, it was a blast. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Well, uh, just search for Temperance Official, Visions of Atlantis Official, or Era the Live Experience. Just type the names on Instagram rather than Facebook or on Google, and you will find everything. And every social takes you will take you to the other one. So if you search it on Facebook because you prefer Facebook, you will also find the website and Instagram and so on. And don't hesitate to write us because we are social people. We are not the kind of rock stars that doesn't want to talk with anyone. So if you have questions, if you have any kind of uh, thing that you want to uh, share with us, do it and we will answer. And it's us replying on all the social medias. Thank you everyone for listening. And thank you, Michaela, for coming. And thanks a lot and see you next time. Until next time.